when truly we are living in a hour in which it seems as if we are inundated with situations that uh, where you know you're almost overwhelmed by what's been going on because it seems like there's um, just anger and vitriol and everywhere and people making all kinds and I, I, I guess you can blame probably uh, President Trump for uh, a lot of that and yet at the same time it just seems like nobody's backing down and that's where the hour in which we are are living where spirits are <coughs> at a at an explosive point and uh, the enemy is doing his best to try to steal kill and destroy and he will do whatever he can to destroy individuals to attack your mind and your heart your spirit and so we we know that it is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit that is required to somehow uh, be the thing that will uh, liberate us from this hour uh, oppression and, and this spirit that we are seeing in our society even today. And so with, I, I got to thinking, I know um, we are, uh, our uh, tag or byline is growing apostolic legacy and we're growing and we are of course apostolic and uh, in doctrine and uh, vision and we have a great legacy. We have a great history here in this local church and I appreciate all of the past leadership and all of the individuals that uh, are uh, coming up in that sense of um, <coughs> growing and uh, our young folks, and I appreciate them being in the prayer room. So I, I got to thinking about a verse that I read actually uh, a week or so ago, uh, put it on a, on a paper about, and I might have even read it last Sunday, I, I, I can't remember when I was talking about the will of God, but it was a verse in Peter, and I will re repeat the verse, but it uses the phrase about strangers and sojourners. And I just kind of was thinking of that when, in that sense of that uh, idea, when was, of course, heard about um, Caitlin Brake's passing and uh, knew that that was gonna be very difficult on a lot of our young people and it, it sort of uh, uh, reminded me of an illustration that I had heard many years ago about uh, telling to children actually if when someone uh, passes away or when someone dies. It was an illustration that uh, they told us that we should use or we could use to help sort of explain, if you will, uh, that passing as going to an airport or 
watching someone drive away in a car, or of course if you were on a, uh, the coast uh, watching someone sail away in a ship, that as they get on that plane, uh, you know that they exist, and you know the plane exists, and you know that they are are alive. And as you watch as that plane goes down the runway and takes off and disappears out of sight, uh, you might use the phrase, they're gone, or the same would be with a car. If you have someone visiting your home and they get in a car and they drive down the lane or down the street, you know they're gone. They're not gone, gone, but they're gone. And when you believe that what the Bible says, that when we, this life, that we are here living as just a pilgrim, if you will, and that there is life after death, and when you believe that, and when you embrace that, then you realize that that same philosophy holds true whenever someone gets in a vehicle and drives down while they are gone out of sight. They're not gone out of your mind. They're not gone from uh, whatever, the planet, but they are gone. And yet uh, the same is true when someone dies because Jesus himself uh, went in and saw the girl and that was there and, and the mourners were wailing and weeping and he said, she's not gone like you think, but you know, she's still alive. And of course he raised her from the dead. Now I know that's maybe a simplistic way for a child to understand the passing and that they're gone but they're not forgotten and they're not, we can't see them, we can't necessarily talk to them. Of course, you know, now in the age of cell phones, maybe from the plane they could talk to you or from the car, but you know, not, not quite the same. You can't take it to every uh, logical extreme, but at least it was a way of talking about a passing, that how do you explain to a child that someone has, you know, uh, is no longer here. And I, I looked at, of course, the, the Bible because uh, the word of the Lord is very clear about some of these uh, very, that phrase, strangers and sojourners. And I, I got to thinking about that because uh, in fact, we probably, I don't know that I've ever preached about strangers and sojourners, but it's amazing. There's a lot written in the word of the Lord about it. In fact, Abraham was one of the first individuals that used that phrase whenever he went to buy a burying place for Sarah, his wife. And uh, he went to her and he said, I would like to purchase a portion of land to bury my wife. And she uh, is gone. And so the man told her, he said, no, you can have it. But Abraham said, no, I want to buy it. Now that's an interesting, and there's a whole dialogue that you can sort of, those of you who are scholars can sort of hook into at that moment, because in Genesis there are, and in fact in the Torah, there are only three places of, uh, in, the, in the Old Testament where purchase of land happened uh, that we have recorded there in the Bible. One was for Abraham, one was for 
uh, Jacob whenever he purchased a, a, a burial place there in Bethlehem. And then one was for David when he purchased an area for uh, the, the temple. What's amazing about those three areas, they are now controlled by the Palestinians. All three of those areas were given by the United Nations to the Palestinians. The three places that the Bible said were purchased by Hebrews. Isn't that ironic? That those three places, the city of Bethlehem was given to them, the burial place of Sarah, and the burial place of, uh, of course, Bethlehem, and, and then uh, uh, the place where David's temple was, the city of David, uh, as you come out of Jerusalem, there where that uh, ark was, is now the mosque of Omar. So there in the city of Jerusalem, all three of those areas are now, that, that, are, that are recorded, and that's over, you know, three 3,000 years ago being recorded in, in the word of the Lord as being a purchase and yet here it is. Abraham said these words, I am a stranger and a sojourner with you. Give me a possession of burying place that I may bury my dead out of sight. That was his statement. His statement was, I am a stranger. I am a sojourner. I'm the guy that was a sojourner. I don't belong here. And yet, why would you say you don't belong here and then want a place to bury your dead? And yet, that was what, how Abraham used that phrase. I am a stranger and a sojourner. Leviticus, the 25th chapter, <clears throat> whenever the Lord was talking about the, uh, the celebration of Jubilee, which those of you who may know and those of you Bible scholars know what Jubilee is. It happened every 50 years. It was seven sevens would be 49. And then the, every seventh year, they were supposed to let the land rest. And there was a, a celebration. And then on the seventh seven, which was uh, 49 years, they went two years. They went the 49th year off and the 50th year off. So the 48th year was the most uh, productive the land would ever be. God would give them a triple blessing on the 48th year because they weren't going to plant or sow or work on the 49th year and they weren't going to do any of that on the 50th year. And the 50th year was an amazing time whenever all of a sudden things started happening uh, as, as far as debts were concerned, as far as uh, bills, as far as people that had sold themselves into as an indentured servant or a slave. In other words, and we have evidence in the Bible where people would come and they would say, I'm in debt. I'll agree to, uh, you know, I, I, to pay off my debt. I'll work for you. Well, on the 50th year, all debts were canceled. On the 50th year, every debt was canceled. And property that you had sold went back to the original owner. Now, how many would like to have that kind of system today? Few of you, yeah. Imagine. You, you know, you live for it, you work for it, you know at 50 years that's in a lifetime. You know, you know that, okay, 
Doesn't matter what I do. Doesn't matter what I accumulate. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter on the 50th year. And so you you plan all of that. You know, uh, property. No work was done. God supplied all their needs. It was called the year of jubilee. It was a time of rejoicing. It was a time of worship. It was a time of excitement. It was a time. It was a festival, if you will, for a whole year. Every 50 years. Imagine that you just get to zero out. You start over. God used this phrase to, to, in Leviticus. <clears throat> Some of you, that's your least favorite book. Some of you, it might be your favorite book to read Leviticus. But here it was, Leviticus 25th chapter and 23rd verse. The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine. For ye are, what did he say? Strangers and sojourners. A, a mindset. God put a mindset in this festival was to remember that you don't belong here. This is mine. I'm the guy. Everything is mine. And you don't belong here. And so repeatedly, that's why even there were some uh, festivals where they were to invite strangers and sojourners in. And then to remember they were a stranger and a sojourner whenever they were in Egypt. And as I said, this sort of thing, the, the words, this was used uh, several times in the Old Testament to explain what was going on. David picked up on that in one of his famous prayers or psalms that he prays. He is, he is talking to God about, Lord, I'm going through it. It's a great prayer. If you want to read a, a wonderful prayer and you want to have a prayer book, uh, Psalms 39 chapters, a powerful prayer. God, forgive me. God, wash me. God, cleanse me. God, help me. For blot out my trans. All those wonderful verses are in Psalms, the 39th chapter. And he gets down to verse 12 and he says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace, fret my tears, for I am a stranger with thee and a sojourner as were all my fathers were. Again, that phrase, I'm a stranger and a sojourner. Why would he use that phrase? And, and what's amazing is when David, you know, at the end of his life, when David was asked, he asked if he could somehow build uh, a temple and Nathan the prophet came in and told him yes you can and then he came back and told him nope you can't uh, your son will do that. David did not get mad. He didn't get frustrated. He didn't get angry. He didn't get angry at the fact that he wasn't allowed to build a temple. He, he somehow realized you know what I will do everything I can to raise all the money. He got gold together. He got trees together. He got rocks together. He did everything he could to get all all of those things together for Solomon. And then he said this prayer. You can read it in 1 Chronicles, the, the 29th chapter. David's prayer was, who am I? What is it, man? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly of this sort? Who am I to be able to give when he looks at all the stuff that he's got ready to go for the temple for Solomon? He said, who am I that we should be able to give this? For everything comes of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. In other words, his giving was not like, 
okay, well, the preacher only wants money. This is what, you know, well, I know what your deal is. You just want my money. I, I want to tell you, it's not my money. Okay? You may feel like you earned it, but let me explain something to you. God gave it to you. God's the source. If you ever get that concept in your mind, then it's easy to give. Amen. It's easy to pay your tithes. It's easy to give it up. Why? Because when you start thinking, this is mine, I'll hold it, I'll do, I, I don't like this, I don't like that, I'm not going to. Let me explain something to you. You've missed the whole plan of God. It doesn't belong to you. I'm a steward of what God has given. Amen. Hallelujah. Might as well clap. I know a lot of you are faithful givers. Might as well clap your hands. I'm not taking another offering this morning, so it's okay. <laughs> but that's how David prayed here. He said, Lord, everything comes of you. Everything has been given. And then the next verse, what does he say? For we are strangers and sojourners and before thee, and sojourners as were all our fathers. And our days are on earth are as a shadow. And there is none abiding. That's a powerful verse. What he was saying is our days, you know, in other places, like a vapor. It's like a shadow. You know, Peter Pan, somebody was stealing shadows from them. How do you steal a shadow? A shadow means it's just something that's, you know, evidence that you were there, but it's gone when you're gone. <laughs> and David said, our days are but a shadow. It's just a, a, a passing thing. It's like my illustration at the beginning of getting on a plane and taking a jet plane and leaving. And I know, you say, well, Pastor, but I, you know, I, I'm going to live 70 years. I'm going to live in 100 years. I'm going to live whatever. We have no promise of tomorrow. Right. We have no assurance that I will live. You know, you say, well, I, I'm in good health. I eat organic. I exercise. I got, I understand. Do all of that. Nothing wrong with it. Run. And, you know, there was a man years ago, uh, Fox, I think was his last name. Some of you that my age might remember was a runner all the time and died running. When, uh, but I, you know, and everybody I remember said, wow, look, he's a runner and he died while he was running. <clears throat> and I use that a lot because I'd say, you know, Hey, look, I don't have to exercise. This guy died while he was running. No, take care of yourself. Go to the doctor. Go, you know, do right. Eat right. You know, I got it. But let me explain something to you. It's still a shadow. And when you can put it up against eternity, our days are but a, you know, our life is but a vapor. And David said, we are strangers and sojourners as were all of our fathers. And he said, oh Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee a house for thy holy name comes of your hand and all that is thine 
own. Well, let me explain something to you. And I, I know I, we, we encourage and we ask folks to give and we present needs and those. But let me explain something to you. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he's able to provide money from places you wouldn't understand. I, what are you saying? I'm not saying that we should not have to work, but it all belongs to God. And you have to live and operate like this is not my money. It's God's money. I've got to do what God wants me to do. That's his word. It's not me. You're not, you're not, you say, well, I'm going to let the preacher know I don't like him. I'm not going to pay my tithes. Let me tell you something. It's between you and God. It's not between you and me. That's what David said, but he used that phrase, we are strangers and sojourners. In the New Testament, actually, they also talked about it in the faith chapter, in the most powerful chapter, probably in the New Testament, that chapter of faith, whenever he said, in, you know, by faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh must believe he is, and rewarder, and all those verses, and with all those wonderful verses about faith, you can read the whole chapter. In the midst of that, Paul, probably being the author, wrote Hebrews 11, these all died in the faith having received not having received the promise but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims or another word for sojourners the Greek word for sojourners a pilgrim strangers and pilgrims on the earth for they say such things, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly country. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God and hath prepared for them a city. Then the verse that I read last week, 1 Peter, 2nd chapter, the 9th through the 11th verse. All of this is just introduction to try to tell you this is important. That you have to say that to yourself in the mirror every day. I am a stranger and a pilgrim. Probably most of us don't say that to ourselves every morning. But it's something we gotta start saying. And what happened this past week reminds all of us how true that statement is. I'm just a stranger and a pilgrim. I'm a stranger and a pilgrim. You say, but pastor, I don't get it. I don't understand. It's not fair. It shouldn't have happened. I, I got all of that, but I'm a stranger and a pilgrim. Simon Peter wrote it like this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. How many believe that exciting verse? to be a part of a chosen generation, that we should praise God. What a powerful verse, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. What a powerful verse. The next verse Simon wrote was, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims that you abstain 
from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. And I mentioned to you when I talked about the lust of the flesh and I mentioned about the war that goes on and you're helping the enemy whenever you involve yourself in all kinds of fleshly lust. And we talked about the lust and the battle of the enemy of the flesh and all of those kind of things. But what are you saying, Pastor? What I'm trying to say to you is that every morning you must get a mindset. You've got to remind yourself. And in events like this, unfortunately, do more possibly to remind us that we are strangers and pilgrims. We are strangers and sojourners. I don't understand why, but you've got to realize that I know where my home is located. I'm seeking a city. I have to live every day knowing that this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I don't care. I may have a house. I may have a car. I may have all kinds of stuff, but I'm telling you, this is not my final dwelling place. My dwelling place is is on the other side. I don't care five seconds after the rapture. You can have all my stuff because it's not mine. I don't care about it. I want to know I'm going to another place where there's streets of gold and gates of pearl. That's where my home is. When you allow yourself to get so caught up, and I understand, I, I, you know, I believe in work, and I believe in making your house, and I believe in keeping it, and I believe in all, I, I understand, I got it, I need to spend more time on my stuff, but you know what, I, uh, ultimately, all of this stuff yeah. is secondary yes. to where I live. Yes. Imagine if you were a traveler. Imagine if you were a traveler, I, and, and next couple of weeks we're going to have the butchers with us. And we went to Australia, we've been there several times, and we go and stay in their house. And you know what? When I've been in their house, nice house, lovely house. But I don't stop there and think, oh, I wonder if that Eve needs painting. is trimmed. Huh? I'm the guest. I'm there four or five days, seven days, whatever it is. Huh? It's not my house. I don't start thinking, hmm, I wonder if I could tear out the back wall there. <laughs> I mean, their kids share a bathroom and they get out of it for us for, you know, the days we're there. I occupy in their bathroom got a bedroom down the hall and I, I mean I, I don't think wow you know what it'd be nice to have an ensuite bathroom I'll just knock this wall out huh anybody ever done that when you go to visit somebody do you contemplate what you're going to do to the house do you contemplate how you're going to well, how you're going to afford that I don't know wonder if you can run the, I don't worry about any of that why? I'm a stranger. I'm a pilgrim. And if we're not careful, we can spend so much time worrying about this house that we forget our spiritual house. You can have this house looking perfect and have barns and get ready to build bigger barns. Think about it. And I'm not against building barns. You can have all the barns you want. 
But at the same time, make sure you got some spiritual barns. Huh? Because I'm a stranger and a pilgrim. I got to always remind myself this world is not my home. Now, not only that, but I don't even act like a native. I don't speak the right things. I don't even talk the same. In fact, sometimes I've gotten in trouble talking over there. Because in Australia, the word stuffed is not a good word. And I've eaten a meal and said, man, I'm stuffed. And they go, and I realize, oh, yeah, I didn't mean to say that. I mean, I'm very full. I'm really full. Huh? And then, you know, I go into a restaurant and, and I'm not used to hearing the word bloody. You know, sit anywhere you bloody well please. And I'm thinking, that sounds a little offensive, but for them it's not. You know? And I'm like, well, that, whatever. I, huh? We don't, I don't, they, they may think I'm Canadian or whatever, but I, they definitely know I'm not an Australian when I'm there. Why? Because we don't act the same. If this world is not my home, if I'm just, I can't act like everybody else acts. If I am, then I'm not living like a stranger and a foreigner. You understand? I don't look like all the natives. I know, you know, I guess probably in Australia, maybe from looking, they can't tell me too far apart except whenever I wear, you know, my red, white, and blue, you know, tie or something, but, uh, which I try to leave at home. I don't want to stand out too much, but you don't look like, you don't dress like. There's something about the way they're able to pick you out. I don't know, I'm not wearing a sign, I'm trying to blend in, but there's just something about it. You understand what? And yet, if you're a stranger and a sojourner, you just get used to it. It's okay. I'm not, I know I'm not a native. I don't, and and emotionally, I'm a stranger. What do you mean about that? Well, like I said, I'm not worried about building on the back of the house. I'm not worried about, huh? I'm not worried about, well, you know, I wonder if the car's okay. I wonder if this is going on. I know we keep up with it. But you live, when you're on vacation, you live, you're supposed to live a little more joyful. Huh? You leave your problems behind. Oh, you'll have the bills when you get back, but for a moment, you just don't think about them. That's why Paul would say, rejoice. Live joyful. I don't talk like a native. I don't have the same accent, and I know that I won't be here forever. I, you know, I, very true. I, I, we, I love the butchers, and I. But you know what? I can put up with whatever. It, it, they, they don't have anything bad to put up with. But I, I can put up with a dog at my feet. I can put up with a this. I can put up with that because I know that you know what? In a week, I'm going to be gone. Huh? So I'm not as on edge. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like, oh, anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever been a stranger someplace? What's amazing about all of that, and we've preached on it before, the embassy, 
where I experience a little bit of home away from home. <clears throat> if you ever go to the embassy, I've not been to our embassy in Australia. I have been to the embassy in, in France. I've been to the embassy in Madagascar. And it's amazing. You step behind and you, all of a sudden you're on. You feel like, you know, you're greeted by a soldier that's uh, got an accent like yours and he's dressed in a uniform and everybody that works there talks, sounds like an American, you know what I'm saying? And that's what all church is supposed to be like, is that we come together sort of as an embassy that for a few moments a week, a few hours, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whatever it is, that we escape from all the stuff that's going on in the world and we get to come in and worship the Lord. Why? Because I live like I am a stranger and a sojourner. I cannot allow my mind to get the feeling that, you know what, all of this worries and all of this. You see, my mind has got to be reprogrammed and, 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 and a stranger, you know, and, you know, if my mind is acting like a stranger, or is it acting like a citizen? If you're acting like a citizen, you're going to have things like unforgiveness or ingratitude or selfish ambition or pride or deceitfulness or covetousness or greed or evil thoughts. Where, where did I get those lists from where the Bible talks about the works of the flesh or these and all of those things and yet the works of the spirit, a stranger attitude, a stranger mindset is one of forgiveness and one of thankfulness and one of appreciation and humility and, and one that says of honesty and confidence and liberal giving and hope. Why? Because I'm not a, I'm not belong here. I'm a stranger here and I'll go down and I'll eat at places that I wouldn't have afforded to eat at whenever I was at home but I'm on vacation. Yes. Huh? Yes. Eat too much. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Buy stupid stuff. <laughs> Give your kids money to buy stupid stuff. And you would, at home, you would go, honey, we're not buying that. That's ignorant. <laughs> but you're on vacation. All here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, some of you may not have ever done that. You may be better disciplined. But most of the time when we're strangers... You know, if somebody came up to me outside of the zoo and said for whatever, $8, you can have this cup and fill it up every time, I'd say, look, you can have that cup. I can go buy a soda somewhere else. Or I can drink water from the water. Huh? But because I'm at the zoo, sure, take my picture. Y'all are laughing, but you've been there. Oh, you want to stand in line for 30 minutes to ride the camel and it's going to cost you? We'll do it. It's not even a comfortable ride. Huh? Oh, but it's the experience. I get it. I understand. But that mindset is the kind of mind that the Spirit wants to have in us all the time. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I don't know, you know, everything.
Everything may look bad where I'm living, but right now I'm telling you I've got my mind on a city with streets of gold and gates of pearl. I know I'm looking for that. That's where I'm excited about. Oh, you don't understand whenever you're getting ready to go on vacation. I know, not you all, but some of you have, you know, you'll spend hours, you know, working on your camper or working on your trailer or working on putting your money together or getting all your, huh? Because I'm out of here. I'm getting ready to go. And I'm fixing to have fun. And I'm going to, you know, and if I ask you to stay at home and camp around the fire, and let fight mosquitoes, you'd be mad as a hornet. I'm not sleeping out on that rough ground in my backyard. I'll go five miles down the road and do it. And believe it's exciting. Because, but if every night I had to do, oh, you understand what I'm talking about? A different mindset. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying not only this impacts your mind, but it impacts, you know, it impacts your emotions. Your emotions, you know, the emotions of the flesh, the emotions of society, or is that of anger and malice and jealousy and envy and bad temper and unloving attitude? And we see it. We see it everywhere. And hatred and rebelliousness and bitterness and anger and victory and all this is going on and yet the Lord said somehow you got to remember you're a stranger here. Your emotions are supposed to be love and joy and peace and long suffering and kind spirited and gladness and excitement and cooperation. Why? I'm on vacation. I know it doesn't look like it but I'm on vacation. And when you stop and you forget that, that's whenever you start getting bitter and angry and you start getting frustrated and you start worrying about this isn't fair and that's not right. You know what? I don't know what the politics in Australia is doing when I'm there. I don't even keep up with it. I don't know what's going on. In the, I, I have no idea. And guess what? Don't tell the butchers when they get here, but I don't care. <laughs> Because that's not my home. I don't care what the city council is doing. I don't care what the mayor. I'm a stranger. And yet I can feed my mind full of, you know, Sean Hannity or who else and Rush and this one. And I can get so wrapped up in it that I don't have time to hear the word and hear any, huh? Whether it's a conservative or whether it's Rachel Maddox or whatever the others are, Cup of Joe or whatever, I don't care. Doesn't matter. At some point, you're going to have to keep your emotions clean. And you got to say, this is not about, you know, I, sure, be informed, be wise, all of those things. But at the same time, always remember, this is not my final resting place. I may buy a place to bury me, but I'm telling you, this world is not my home. I'm a stranger. I'm a pilgrim. I'm a sojourner. My emotions I need to have somehow tap into the spirit so that I can feel less and joy and righteousness and peace in the Holy Ghost because if I don't this world will destroy me emotionally making me feel like oh you know there's something here well not only emotions but let's get on down 
little further into this since we're talking about it. Mouth. Your mouth's not supposed to be like that of a person that lives here. People that live here and involved in the flesh, they're involved in backbiting and complaining and contentiousness and disputing and blasphemy and slandering and quarreling and lying and boasting and the Lord and you, I'll, I'll read you the scriptures if you want to look up the scriptures but he sucks about things like truthfulness and thankfulness in everything give in everything give why? I'm a stranger I'm a foreigner I, 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 I will tell you a gentle answer encouraging tact Pray, soothing words, pleasant words, timelessness. I, I, I will tell you, I've eaten stuff abroad that I would never eat at home. Huh? I've, I've gone into places that I wouldn't go back if, I would, if, I, if, if they were in my backyard. Huh? And people have done, treated us very nice. And I, I am not complaining. No, there's no complaining here. But, you know, and, and I've had folks say, well, you know, you know, is this okay? And I, you know what my answer is? Sure. Absolutely. You like this? Uh, yeah. Good. Whatever. You, 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 you know what I'm talking about? You go to somebody's home, most people don't go, okay, I don't like this bathroom, I don't like this bedroom, I'll move out, let me see, I want this bedroom, I want that, huh? Most people don't do that. Most people don't say, okay, I don't want you to cook this or that or what, you know, you just eat what's set before you. You're a stranger, you're a pilgrim. My, you know, my words, <laughs> And let's be, well, you can call it discretion, you can call it being kind, but usually you don't get into it with your spouse when you're, anybody know what I'm talking about? When you're in somebody's house and your wife goes, oh yeah, well he really needs to eat fish. You don't go, oh. <laughs> Huh? Because you're a stranger. You don't want to say, hey, mind your own business. Huh? Because you're in somebody else. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I wonder how much we ought to keep our... Because I need to realize those around me. I'm a stranger here. Maybe I don't need to let off my words fly out my mouth like I... Because huh? I don't need to show them how goofy I am. The place that I come from, we don't talk like that, spiritually. Huh? The place where I call home is full of a wonderful, huh? Oh, when I get this in my mind, it ought to come out my mouth. There ought to be some pleasant words. There ought to be some kindness. There ought to be, and, and you know, you can go a step further and talk about actions. And you say, well, my actions, uh, you know, I, I, if I'm acting like a stranger, you know, when you go to another country, I, I, you're careful. I don't want to disobey. I, I don't want to have, I, I don't want to have any reason for me to end up in a jail in Madagascar or something. I don't know what kind of jail they had. 
I, I want to be very respectful. I, brutality, lack of self-control, stealing, violence, drunkenness, adultery, murder. Why? My actions are supposed to be. The fruit of the Spirit is uh, that I'm obedient and kind and self-controlled and a servant and sincere and cooperative and gentle and righteous and goodness. Oh, what are you saying? I'm telling you that somehow in this last hour, we've got to remember that we are strangers here. I'm looking for and expecting the trumpet of the Lord to sound. This world is not our home. We're leaving. I have to realize I'm just passing through. If I live one year, if I live 30 years, if I live 100 years, it's not my home. And I know, I, 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 I can't imagine my dad and mom moved into the house they're living in in Arkansas. It's been, uh, when, 72? What year? What year did you move in there? Do you remember? 76. 76? No, it was before I graduated. I lived there in high school in 75. So I had to rethink that. 70. <laughs> I lived there in high school. Might have been right after, I don't know, 75. 85, 95, 205, 215, 40 something years at least. And I can't, one house, maybe some of you live longer in one house. I've never lived that long in one house. I can't imagine living that long in one house. And I'm sure you're very familiar and we've been working on moving them and getting them here and, and yet it can be easy to begin to think that this is what it's all about this is my home that's why Paul would write in the New Testament that all these things that happened in the Old Testament were for examples they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that think he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful and will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. What are you saying? I'm saying that probably most of us have acted in our mouth, in our mind, in our actions like a citizen rather than a stranger. There have been times that I've had the wrong thing come out of my mouth and I haven't acted like a stranger. Huh? But Paul said, you can overcome temptation. And you say, well, but what, it, what was Paul saying? He said all of that in the Old Testament was written for our admonition. When you read those same verses in the message, it's a little plainer where it says, these are all warning markers, danger. In our history books written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our position in the story are parallel. 
They are at the beginning and we are at the end. And we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Don't be so naive and self-confident that you're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God's confidence. There is no test. No temptation that will take you, that will destroy you. If you will keep remembering, I'm a stranger, I'm a foreigner, I'm a pilgrim. I don't belong here. I like to act like and live like I belong somewhere else. But when you start thinking that you're going to have to do something here, and you've got to get it together here is when all of a sudden you forget about there and you start letting your mouth and your mind and your emotions huh, and your actions act like you belong here rather than there. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that this world is not our home. I, I know God grant us that we all live until he comes. But what I do know is, if somebody gets on a plane and takes off, they're going to their real home. That's not where this home is. Oh, pastor, I, I, I don't want anybody, I got it. We're, we're gonna stand, we're gonna come, I, and we're gonna pray. I know there's siphon kids have come back in, these young people. Tonight, we're gonna have special prayer for all of those going to NAYC. We don't want anything to happen to anybody. I, I, I get that. But if we're not careful, we can begin to think, act, and feel like this is the only thing that matters when there's a whole spiritual part of us that is just more important than what this part is. If I'm not so careful, I can get so encumbered about, is what the Bible uses as a phrase, weighted down with the cares of this life, that I forget I'm just a stranger. I'm a pilgrim. I don't know. I don't know when. I don't know when the next, you know, okay, I'll preach tonight. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. I'm a stranger. I'm a pilgrim. Oh, I'll be in church next Sunday. I don't know. Oh, I'll be there next month. I don't know. Why? Because this world is not my home. And if I forget that and I start living like I can plan for the next hundred years, I can find myself getting angry and bitter and when things don't go my way and when things don't happen the way I think and when something occurs that I don't, I, I get mad, I let it out my mouth, I, uh-huh. I get it in my emotions. My emotions get caught up in what? <laughs> I hear the sound of the trumpet. No, that's not why my emotions are caught up in. My emotions are caught up and I hear the sound of the guy behind me honking his horn. Huh? And I forget, you know what? One of these days it's all gonna be over. 
One of these days, I'm not driving to work anymore. One of these days, I'm not going to. One of these days, it's all going to be gone. Oh, pastor, don't talk like that. That's scary. We don't like that. That's how we've got to live. That's the only way to defeat the lust of the flesh. That war against the soul is to live like a stranger and a pilgrim. You will never conquer your stuff as long as you keep your mind on your stuff and what's your problem and your addiction and your and you don't say you know what I'm a citizen of another country ah greater is he that is in me that's it why all of a sudden I realize I'm an American citizen I, huh this world is that Australia whatever I'm out of here the next plane I'm going home I'm sorry, you can do whatever you want with your mayor. What? I'm out of here. Yes. You got to have that kind of attitude. Let's come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes.